listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Well, good morning, Real Life family. How are you guys doing? It's good to see you, all of you. Nothing cool going on today at 10 or what? Now it's cool going on right here. Uh, I am excited to be here with you. My name is Josh Gray. I'm the executive pastor here at Real Life and privilege and honor to be able to share with you guys this morning. Um, do you know like the, the prayer and worship tonight, if you're like a member of this church that you call this church home, like, like you should be there for surely. Like, I mean, this morning when I was worshiping, I worked up a little lather, a little bit lather. I'm getting after it, right? Because I needed all those things. I needed the words that we were saying as we were worshiping. I need a breakthrough. I needed a breakthrough, right? All the songs, the things that the Lord has done for me, all the things, we need that, right? We need that in our lives. And so I just hope that you guys take that serious and want to uh, come tonight and celebrate and pray with each other. It's going to be a super powerful time. I think it could be life-changing for you, and I think it could be life-changing for our church. So please join us for that. It's going to be cool. Trendo, they're going to be on the floor, circled around. We're going to be able to like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, um, all right, Shaping Faith. So uh, we are working through, we're in week uh, four, I believe, of this series. We have 17 weeks of Shaping Our Faith, and we're still on the core four piece of this, and we introduced that core four um, with Aaron, and then uh, we talked about prayer, and hopefully uh, that was impactful for you, and you've been applying that with our, our, your time in prayer, and, and your arrow prayers, and your prayers of desperation, and all of those things, that that's just starting to become more a part of your life. And then uh, last week, we got to talk about the text, right? And Aaron's fairly qualified to talk about the text. We love it. What a great teacher. Speaking of that, he had a couple spots open up on his Israel trip, and if you want to turn the Bible from black and white to high def, you should go. And it is a sacrifice, and with great sacrifice comes great reward. So find him in the lobby if you can. Uh, but he had a couple, just a couple spots opened up, and we'd love for you to experience that. It'll change your life. It will absolutely change your life. It's worth it. It's worth it. So, um, so Aaron talked about uh, the text. Next week, we have uh, Marty Solomon here, and he's going to be talking about fasting, uh, which would be awesome. And then today, I get the opportunity to share with you guys about worship and uh, intimacy. So let's look at this graph here real quick. Um, and I kind of took the other words out. So we know that the knowledge is which portion of it? Text, right? So we should be people of the text. The surrender is which portion of it? Prayer, Prayer right? We surrender our lives. We surrender lots of things about us as we are in communication with God, simply communicating with God, right? And then when self-control is next week, and that's going to be fasting, which we're all experts on. No. Um, and then this week, uh, what's behind intimacy? Worship. So we've had a chance to talk a little bit about worship, haven't we? We've had a little bit of a change in our culture at our church over the last year and a half about how we view worship and how we function uh, in regards to God and, and worshiping him. And so let's talk a little bit more about, about that and about intimacy. So let's look at the definition of intimacy. It's a noun. Think about this in context of your relationship to God. Tell me if you want God to have any of these things attached to it in regards to how you view and how you interact. Familiarity. Friendship. To get, what, what, we left, that's all right. Closeness, togetherness, affinity, rapport, attachment, familiarity, confidentiality, close association, close relationship, a close attachment, Close friendship, friendliness, comradeship, companionship, amity, affection, mutual affection, warmth, warm feelings, understanding, 
fellow feeling. Now, intimacy in, in our world, in the West, in our culture, intimacy has been perverted. We think about intimacy, we think about, uh, about bedroom or, or those type of uh, things. And that's, that's, that's a tiny, tiny piece of it, but like, there's so much more to it. And I believe that our Father in heaven, that is what he's screaming out for us. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants you to be intimate with him. And I think we're going to see that as we unfold some of the text. So this, this week, um, as I was going through this, and, and Isaiah 1 came up. And Isaiah 1 over and over started coming up. And I started just writing down my thoughts as I was reading Isaiah 1. And this is a, a letter to God's people from his prophet. And he's trying to communicate something. And so I'm going to be open with you guys. And I'm going to share with you what he communicated with me as we go through Isaiah 1 together. And maybe, maybe it'll resonate with you guys somewhere as well. So let's dive into his beautiful word here. And again, as you're reading this, think about this. Think about a, a, a letter from a father to his children. Let's think about God trying to express something to his children. And what would that be? Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, just all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but, I, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master, the donkey its owner's manger, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. So I paused. And I was like, Lord, like what don't I know? What don't I understand about you? Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. I paused and I said, Lord, where have I been given to corruption? What has corrupted me, Father? They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. Why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Josh, your whole head is injured. Your whole heart is afflicted. Oh, so just, just my head and my heart, that's all? From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness. I was like, what is this, Lord? He said, Josh, your head is injured. You don't understand me. Josh, your, your heart is injured. You don't know me. There's no soundness. Everything's out of whack. Anybody been there? Okay. A little lonely up here. <laughs> A little lonely, huh? Just me? Okay. That's all right. It's okay if it's just me. That's all right. No. Um, and the Lord says, he says, uh, only wounds and welts and open sores. Fathers, you and his children, you have wounds, you have welts, you have open sores. They're not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Josh, I don't want you to have open sores and wounds of intimacy. The things you're carrying around 
as a child, the things you're carrying around from divorced parents, the things that you're carrying around, those wounds, Josh, I want to, I want to cleanse those. I want to bandage those up. I want to soothe those with, with olive oil. You're not allowing me in. Are you going to allow me in? Because I want to take care of you. Your country is desolate. Your cities burned with fires. Your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before your eyes, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. You're letting all kinds of other stuff come in, Josh. Your life could be a dumpster fire because of what you're allowing to come into your life to steal intimacy that I would have for us. Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in the vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom and we would have become like Gomorrah. If you're ever compared to Sodom and Gomorrah, it's a no-go. But he left, see what he said there? Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors. He left you some survivors. Had a rough couple of weeks. And wouldn't you know it, out of the blue, some righteous couple dudes gave me a call. One gave me a call and one gave me a text right at the moment that I needed it. The Lord has left you some survivors. He has left people around you and in your life to be there for you. And when you get that little thought in your head and God says you should call blah or you should call or text that person, that's not you saying that. That's the Lord saying, I want to work through my people and now you're supposed to call and do that. I called somebody once. I'm like, I just feel like the Lord told me to call you. That's what I said. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I feel like the Lord told me to call you. I'm glad you did. It's been a rough week. I'm so glad. And isn't it weird how God's connecting things together? Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of your God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me? Says the Lord. The multitude of your sacrifices, Josh, what are they? Yeah, but I go to church three times a week. Actually, work at one, Lord, in case you forgot. Like I've given up my my career and I've followed this calling that you've put in my heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, good job. Multitude of your sacrifices, Josh, good for you. I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat, fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you? This trampling of my court. Stop bringing me meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. I don't want you just to come here to check off a box. This is a gathering, but this is not it. Here's what he said to me. Just to me, not to you guys. He said, Josh, I don't want a 20-minute, one-night stand with you on Sundays. That's not worship. That's not intimacy. That's an affair. I don't want to just know you on Sundays when you're with your friends raising your hands and worshiping. I want to know you better than that. Your new moons, your Sabbaths, your convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Why are they worthless? 
they're worthless if we don't have an intimate relationship with God. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate those with my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I hide in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. And I was like, whoa, why? I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know who I don't know. I don't know who you are. You're not letting me in to this special intimate relationship that I want to show you so you can actually show others what true intimacy looks like. I don't hear your prayers because I hear that what I say is I hear the prayers of a righteous man and righteousness requires intimacy with God to be known, to be fully known. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Stop putting on a show. Josh, your title doesn't make you more holy. Because you occasionally get to speak to people doesn't make you more holy. What makes you more holy, what makes me know you better is when you're open to me. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now. Let us settle this, settle the matter, says our Lord. I was like, okay, this could be good or bad. We're going to settle the matter. It sounds like it's been rough so far. So what does he want to settle with me? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, I will help you. If you want to really be known and let me see deep into your life and your heart, and then I said, time out, time out. It's like, God, see, then I started my, my intellectual arguing with God, which is a short conversation. <laughs> it's a short conversation. But see, see, you already know everything about me, God. I already know that you know that we know everything about each other, so you already know that about me. And then he's like, yeah, but do you know? Do you know? Do you want to bring me? Yeah, I, know you can, I, know, I know you told your wife that you loved her once. That's good enough, right? You said it once. No, over and over again. Every day, please open your heart to me. Every day, surrender your will. Surrender your mind to me. Let, let us walk together in true worship, with true worship and true intimacy. I don't want I don't want a one-night stand. You will eat the good things of this land, but if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, by the mouth, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. Our church is called Real Life. We are not here to be fake. We're not here to put on a show. She was once full of justice, righteousness, under, uh, or used to, used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels. 
partners with thieves. They, they love bribes and chase after gifts. Don't worship or give your intimacy to other things, Josh. What are you chasing after, Josh, that's taking the place of what I would have for you? That's what he said. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the mighty one of Israel declares, ah, kind of like that. Ah, I will vent my wrath on my, on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I didn't like that part. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove your impurities. How would he do that? What would have to happen for God to thoroughly purge away your dross and remove your impurities? You got to get real. You got to stop having an affair with the Lord on Sundays for 20 minutes and say that you worship him. You got to let him into your heart, to the depths of your heart. I will restore your leaders as in the days of old. Your rulers, as in the, at the beginning, afterward you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Let me see into you. Because I got something better for you, Josh. Zion will be delivered with justice. Uh, her penitent ones will with righteous, but the rebels and sinners will be broken and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. The other things that you allowed to get in the way, Lord, the other things that you, that, that, that Josh, that you allowed to worship, those will be bad. Those will be disgraceful to you in your mind. I have something better for you. You're, you. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. The mighty man will become tender, like not tender, tender, soft, but tender, like blow up. And, his work, and at his work, a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. You will blow yourself up without true intimacy with God. You're incomplete. Let's look at the graph again. Just thinking about this graph, I would say us as Westerners, we're pretty good at living in the northern hemisphere of this graph. Knowledge and prayer, right? Because that's what Aaron said at the very beginning. You're like, I got problems. Yeah, you should read God's, read the word and pray about it and you'll be fine. You should do those things. We're not diminishing those at all. But you can't not do the other things. And the Lord's going to reveal that to us some more in his text, but you can't do those other things. With that, and consider yourself complete. And John 4, 9, there's, this is the conversation with the Samaritan woman and, and there's uh, kind of conjecture that she's not an uneducated, just uneducated prostitute. She's actually a priestess. She's actually very educated. And we actually see that in the text is she wants to take this debating game with Jesus into the knowledge realm. And watch where Jesus takes it in this text. He's, uh, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she's trying to take this game into theology of location. And Jesus says, woman. Actually, if you think about it, like Jesus in his heart and who he would, how he would probably act, he might probably just be like, woman. And you just see his eyes, the depth of love that he would look at her as his daughter. 
said, woman, woman, you're, you're, you're missing it. Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation comes from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For those are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Is that making sense? You gotta worship in spirit and truth. We can't just live in the northern hemisphere. We gotta come on down to worship and intimacy. We gotta come on down to fasting and self-control. We gotta be complete. Think about the word intimacy. Intimacy. Into me, you get to see. Into me, Father, creator in heaven, you get to see. Don't play the game with yourself that like, well, he already knows everything, so I'm not going to talk about it. No, because you may not know what he knows about you. That's why you got to open up. Into me, Lord, you get to see. Do you let the creator have intimacy with you? Is your faith stuck in the northern hemisphere of text and prayer? We're trying to bring that out tonight. You should be here. Let's work on that piece together tonight and worship. Worship with abandon, Kelly said. And let's not have our relationship be defined as a 20-minute one-night stand because none of us want that, do we? To be fully known. I think about Matthew 4.19. It says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will make you in this area, Josh. I will make you in this area of real life. We will, we, we're going to put this idea in your leaders' heads and we're going to talk about it and we're going to dive into it so deep because we want to make you. We want you to understand that intimacy is critical for your walk and your relationship with everybody around you. Let's see if this last piece of text ties it down. Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Yeah, but I go to church, but I worship, but I serve in children's ministry. I read the Bible to my kids. I pray. I do all these things, Lord. Didn't you see all the things that I'm doing? I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing it. And I haven't done a whole lot of miracles yet that I'm aware of, but I've talked to people about the Lord and I've, I've said the sinner's prayer with, with folks and I've, I've, I've done all these things in my life and I've, does he know you? Because those should all be things that are fruit of this. I never knew you. 
You gonna let him know you? Here's the beautiful thing about our Father in heaven. He gives you unbelievable free will. He gives you free will to be a jerk. He gives you free will to, 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 to be gracious. He gives you free will to be generous. He gives you free will to be selfish. And he gives you his free, a free will to know him intimately and for him to know you intimately. And he's the one that can take care of it the best. He can show you what true intimacy looks like. And that comes through worshiping him, but not just for 20 minutes. You know, if you, if you paid attention and you've been listening to the podcast, you should listen to the podcast. We can see how many people were listening. <laughs> we have dozens of people that listen every, <laughs> every week. It's a great podcast. You know, when you think about it with, with Aaron, when he talks about uh, that we're going to, to, to worship our way through the valleys and he's worshiped the way through the valleys of his life. Do you think it's just about music and singing? See, I don't think it's just about music and singing. That's a part of it. But it means more than just singing songs. It's an intense pressing into God. It's, we run to him as our refuge. I'm, I'm giving you everything I got. And just, here I am, Lord. Rebuild me, Father. You know everything about me and I'm not hiding Nothing nothing from you. It becomes an intimate time with God because it's not a one-night stand. He talks about in his podcast that he worships God for 45 minutes to an hour a day. It's changing his life. Broken intimacy with God is broken intimacy with those you are trying to, that you're trying to love the most. I mean, think about it relationally. If you only, the only time that you're intimate with your spouse, if you're married, is when you're near or in the bedroom, your relationship stinks. Your relationship's in trouble. The only time I'm intimate with God is when I need something. I'm just going to worship you when I need something. When, I'm not, when I don't know what else to do, I guess I'll worship you. Got to stay out of just, just we got to incorporate all four. Don't get out of the Northern Hemisphere. We have to let him know us. When he knows you because you're intimate with him and you become intimate with him through worship, through not one night stands with the Lord. And that's my prayer for everybody. So let's dive into uh, our time of communion. If you're passing that out, thank you so much. We'll go ahead and get that rolling. We have an open table. What do you think Jesus was like? What do you think he was like with his, with his guys that night? Do you think that was an intimate moment? Do you think as he's looking them in the eyes and holding that bread and talking to them? And one of the most intimate moments I've had this year was with my oldest daughter. And we were at an awesome camp for a week together. She's 20. And this is the best picture I can give a view of earthly intimacy for me with her, is they had this exercise we'd spent all week. We were praying and worship. There's church service every night and worship every night. That kind of made us more spiritual for sure. And we were doing all these trust walks and jumping off of high beams and poles and horseback riding and all this other cool stuff. And one of the exercises, there's about six dads in my cabin with me. And the girls were between, between 18 and 32, and the dads were there. 
And one of the exercises was uh, we did this trust walk and then a uh, blindfold trust walk and then there was a guy trying to get him off the track and, and all these things. But So we got done with that and this exercise was, okay, what you need to do, Josh, is you're going to look at Tori's eyes and hold her hands. And you can't say a word, but you have to say everything with your eyes. And I held her hands and I was just a blubbering mess. I don't know what she heard because I was just crying and crying and crying because I was telling her all of these amazing things with my eyes about what I thought about her, what I think God thinks about her, who I think she is. And do you know how intimate that is when you know what somebody's saying just by looking into their eyes? That's just a tiny, tiny piece of what I think God desires. He wants to hold your face and he wants to look at you and he wants to say, hey, I got you. Let me tell you what I think about you. And he says it all and you just know it because you know him that well. Is anybody tracking with me? Wouldn't that be life-changing? So we got some pretty soft, easy softball questions for you in your home group this week. Probably no problem. Uh, we do indeed worship. I've had folks like, I just don't worship. I just, I'm just not a worship. And then what they mean is they sing bad or what they mean is that they don't like to raise their hands or they don't want to like, it's about them or those things. But I believe that we do indeed worship. Let's take a look. And that's pretty passionate. I'm not seeing anybody in here with their God jersey on this morning with their number on there, you know, 66 books, 40 authors, God's name on the back. And where's your face paint? Anybody wear face paint today or, or, or dye their hair and, and inscribe something on their face today? But that's pretty high-level worship, right? Pretty excited about what they're going to, just like you guys came in today. You're like, whoop! Ready to go. How about the next one? We probably don't worship technology. I mean, these guys are probably just hanging out in front of this Apple store for fun, right? It's probably not an iPhone 5 release. They got security around there. I don't worship that. They just deliver it to my house. Amazon, duh. <laughs> right? What else do we worship? Thursday night, somebody said pajamas. I was like, that's not pajama. You see pajamas out of all of that? That's what you see? No. Like, we put ourselves, right? We put some time, energy, and effort into making that dollar. And that's not bad, but is it, if it's taken the place of your worship of God, it is. Right? Question number two, softball question for your, for your group. What does misplaced intimacy or worship do to you? What is the cause and effect when you misplace your worship or your intimacy? Question number three. How do you have more intimacy with God? Maybe you've got some amazing folks in your group that have been really working on this and they can be like, you know what? Here's, here's the things that work for me. You find those in your group, right? Here's, the things, here's, here's what God does with me in this. Last question. You probably won't get to this one. You want to skip it. Are there past hurts? regarding intimacy that make it hard for you to have intimacy with others. Into me you get to see. What are you dragging? Because it's a block. It's blocking you 
from intimacy with others, and it's blocking you with intimacy from your creator. So the night, Jesus is looking at his guys, knowing what's in the future, knowing where is he going. Think about that moment. And he took this bread, and he looked deep into your eyes, and he said, take this and eat. This is my body. And then he took the cup, and he said, drink from it, all of you. You see him looking at you. Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Father in heaven, thank you for where you took me this week on this journey, Lord. I want to I chase you. I want to figure out what it looks like to just let you know every part of me. Lord, I want the healing of my wounds. I need to be bandaged in some areas of my life, Lord. And you're the only one that can do it. Remind me, Father, to let you in. Let you in to heal and explore my heart so I can be your light for others, Father. We all want that. Help us to worship you well, Lord. Help us to chase intimacy with you, Father God. Let's put it in its proper place in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.